Hello fellow humans, Chris here again. So today uh, I'm going to offer up some thoughts on the Clarence Thomas situation that I'm sure you've heard of. Uh, got, a, got a request to touch on this topic. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, for anyone that's not aware, basically um, Clarence Thomas's wife, Ginny, uh, was, uh, was found to have been heavily involved in attempts to overthrow the election of Joe Biden in 2020 um, and also may have had some involvement in the lead-up to the January 6th events. Uh, she was apparently there on January 6th but left before the riot started. Um, in addition to that, uh, Clarence Thomas was the sole dissenter in, uh, in the ruling to allow for the, um, for the dis disposition, for the um, ex exposure of, uh, of evidence um, pertaining to the January 6th riots, including what, what ended up becoming text messages between his wife, Ginny, and uh, Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, basically pressuring him to do everything he can to over, overthrow the election, to win back democracy, that this was the greatest heist in American history. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, something along those lines. So basically, Clarence Thomas is facing a lot of heat right now for a huge conflict of interest, um, for not recusing himself uh, in that court case, being the lone dissenter, and um, just being involved in some shady practices uh, with his wife there. So my, my take on this, uh, really the problem isn't Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas and, or Ginny, um, or, or the fact that she wanted to over, overthrow the election. Um, really, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's bad, don't get me wrong, but... The real problem is the way the Supreme Court is governed. Uh, it, it's the only court um, that basically has a, what amounts to an honor system for justices to make decisions like that. Um, every other federal court below the Supreme Court has strict guidelines in place that requires justices to recuse themselves in certain situations. I would venture to say that um, your wife, having been personally involved in um, <laughs> events surrounding and leading up to and possibly during the January 6th riots and attempts to overthrow the election, might be something that would qualify as a recusal-appropriate uh, situation if you were going to sit on a case that had to do with um, evidence involving that situation probably would qualify for that. Um, there's not for the Supreme Court. So while it's easy to say, yeah, Clarence Thomas is really screwed up, um, this is highly unethical, um, clearly there is a major problem here, um, it's not really on them per se because there was nothing in place 
to check this. There was nothing forcing his action. I mean, you can you can call for his impeachment now, which a lot of Democrats are. And in fact, there's a change.org um, petition for it, which I'll post a link to below. Um, and that's all great, but you know, you, your your system is only as good as what you allow it to be and, and, and the people that you have in that system. Having a having an honor system doesn't work if you don't have honorable people. And I, I as much as we would like to imagine, and it is imagining, <laughs> that um, that the powers that be in this country are honorable, honest, decent, um, and intellectually uh, consistent people. Um, I don't. I just don't think that's realistic. You know, the fact of the matter is the Supreme Court is a highly, highly political office uh, position. Uh, It just is. I mean, it's ironic because it's touted as as not. I mean, it it it, at its core, the the essence of of it is that it's supposed to be apolitical. It's supposed to be, you know, blind justice, Um, just an honest interpretation of of the law. But that's just not how it works. Um, and, and as long as we have a system where the sitting president is the one that appoints the position, uh, you know, and then of course you have the Congress that has to kind of work with the president, it's just always going to be a political position. So I don't know if the answer is um, term limits or just doing away with the lifetime appointment part of it because there's not there's there's not a maybe not a sense of as much fear of doing the right thing or getting caught not doing the right thing because you're not going to face another election or an appointment or anything like that but i think that probably looking at the the ethics of the court and the way those are governed um, might be a good idea um that might go against the spirit of what the court is supposed to be about. But when you have situations like this, uh, clearly there's there's something missing uh, in the <laughs> in the in the code that they have set up. You know, honor systems are great, but you know, again, uh, if you don't have honorable people working in it, they're they're going to take advantage of that. And uh, that's just the unfortunate reality of it. So anyway, um, I do, I do agree with the idea of maybe attempting to uh, uh, remove Clarence Thomas. I mean, this is not the first time that something like this has happened. I don't think it's been to this degree before. Um, but uh, I think it goes beyond that. I think that there needs to be a, a little bit of a relooking at the way the Supreme Court is governed. Um, Because people will see, you know, you you can't set a precedent like this um, because it's just going to embolden the next Donald Trump wannabe to, uh, you know, they see that, well, you can get away with this sort of thing if you just appoint the right people um, to the Supreme Court that will help you out. So anyway... Uh, hope that you enjoyed my take. Uh, that, one's, that one's for you, Mike. 
Uh, have a great rest of your day. Remember, don't be afraid to question the consensus.